So today is the 21st of June 2022 and we have the wonderful Tina C from Arizona who is joining us today. She first came to, into OA in the early 90s and is here today to share her story of recovery with us. So Tina you have got half an hour and as per your instructions Sue if you could give Tina a five minute warning. Tina off you go. Wow okay <laughs> that happened fast. Uh, so, uh, hello everyone, and yeah, it's me speaking today instead of doing tech, and uh, it's, I'm trying not to be nervous, but uh, I know you're all friends. So, um, I came to this meeting about, well, in early February, um, sorry, I'm still admitting people, if someone wants to take that over, <laughs> I came to this meeting in um February of 2021, and I uh, remember, I remember because Rita was leading, and I just immediately uh, loved her humor and her compassion, and it, I just thought, this is the meeting for me, and since that time, I've only missed it two or three times because I was on a plane or sick or traveling, and also, you know, I've signed up for service, and I'm here every week. Um, so let me go back to, uh, I'll start in childhood. I, uh, I grew up in uh, Huntington Beach, California, where Paul, Paul is now. <laughs> and um, I was oldest of three kids, or am the oldest of three kids. Uh, I have a brother and a sister, and uh, my parents were married, but they hated each other and they fought all the time. And my dad was very critical. Um, he also made a lot of comments about women's physical appearance all the time. Um, and my sister and I both had um, troubles with that. Uh, and uh, like you would watch Benny Hill and I don't know if you guys know Benny Hill. And Benny Hill's chasing the women around and that's, you have to be kind of old to know who that, who that is. But anyway, um, so I always liked sugar. I used to get in trouble for trying to get, my mom had to put the cookies on top of the fridge and I would still try to climb up there to get them. Um, I, uh, but I still, I was a normal weight as a child, probably because my mom would hide the cookies on top of the fridge and I didn't have money to go get them myself. But when I was uh, 12, I started babysitting and had my own money. And uh, well, a lot of things happened when I was 12. That's when I really um, started eating a lot. Um, I, uh, I got breasts and they were bigger, excuse me guys, but I'm gonna talk about breasts. And, um, and it was scary as a 12 year old, I was still a little kid really. And I, was, I had these breasts that caused um, men to leer at me and look at me in a way that made me feel really uncomfortable and it was really scary and um, so and also at 12 um, let's see oh I I always had good grades up until 12 and my dad like I said was very critical and uh, at one point I brought him a report card that had all A's and one B in math. And a B in math was actually good for me because I am not good in math. 
And uh, he, he was just the type, he wouldn't say anything positive and he would just, he said, why'd you get that beat? And, you know, started getting mad at me about getting the beat. And I remember something clicked at that, in that moment. And I said, screw it. I'm, I'm not trying anymore. And I got my first F after that. And um, I was only punishing myself, but you know, it, this is just how I responded to it at 12. And I started, uh, so I, from then on, I barely graduated from high school. I mean, I just really took it to a new level of like, fine, I'm not gonna try anymore. And uh, um, started eating. I had my two best friends when I was 12 go to a different school. So I was in junior high, what we called it junior high now, it's called middle school. And I, um, I didn't have um, my group, you know, it's really hard to break into a new group in junior high. And so I didn't have any friends. Um, they started um, hanging out with other people after school even. And so I remember one day and I, uh, sitting, uh, I got some cookie, a package of cookies. I sat in front of the TV. This was before Netflix. This was just the three channels pretty much. And, uh, or four. And I, um, I sat there and I said, oh, this is fun. This is what I'll do every day. And that's pretty much what I've done to deal with stress since that time is watch TV and eat. And, um, and so I started gaining weight um, and that didn't help, you know, anything. Uh, I was also teased at school. I grew up a mile from the beach and um, this, I have pasty white Irish skin from my Irish grandmother. And uh, I was teased a lot for being pale. I know it's crazy, but you know, because we had to wear shorts in PE and they would always, and at that point there was no um, self tanners. There was the self tanner called QT and it turns you orange and streaky. It, it wasn't good. So um, anyway, 12 was rough, a rough time for me. And that's when I actively started using food as a coping mechanism. And I continued to do that. I, uh, I babysat and um, I had, you know, would raid the fridge and the pantry when I was babysitting. And uh, also I had my money so I could go to 7-Eleven and go buy food. Um, and it was all sugary stuff and cakes and things like that. So I continued to do that. Um, and uh, in high school and, and, and beyond. And then I started dieting. And that was when the first diet I really went on when I was 16. And if I could weigh what I weighed when I started dieting, I would be very happy right now because <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. I don't, I used to have to ride my bike everywhere. So I think that helped. I'd ride my bike to school and everywhere. And, but I, so I wasn't too overweight, but I thought I was really big. And so I started dieting and that, and then I never weighed that weight again. <laughs> Cause I, uh, lost weight and then, you know, and then it, the roller coaster started. And so I went through, um, that's just when it started. And, uh, and then, uh, let's see, I didn't go, I started, I went to OA for the first time when I was probably in my early to mid twenties. And, uh, but I didn't get a sponsor. I went to the meetings and I listened and I believed what they were saying and I got it, 
but I didn't engage. I didn't talk to people. I didn't get a sponsor. I tried to do the steps myself with the OA workbook um, and uh, didn't really work. And then I left and I would still try to diet. And um, then I, uh, so that was off and on and then uh, mostly off. And um, then when I went to, um, sorry, I'm a lot blanking. Um, so yeah, I was like the, I was like the chubby uh, friend who I always had like really pretty friends and I would be like the ch chubby sidekick and be funny and, um, and just to kind of be the wingman. And I didn't date very much. I didn't have people really wanting to date me until there were periods when I lost weight and then I would look fairly decent and I would go out and, um, and you know, go to dancing. I love dancing and, and have a good time. And then I had invariably gained the weight back. Um, and so, uh, then I got, I did finally uh, get married and have kids. And I thought, uh, like a lot of people probably thought that when I, when I got these things that I wanted, getting married, having kids, having a house, then I'd be so deliriously happy, I wouldn't need to eat. And, uh, and that did not happen. I got to my highest weight after being married and having kids. And I have a great a husband. It was uh it was a little rocky at first, but it was, uh, it's great now. And I have two kids. I have two boys, 16 and 20. Um, oh, but let me back up. I went with my second pregnancy. After I had my son, I had a lot of, I had some complications where I had to go back in the hospital for four days. And then um, I got out. My house caught on fire a week after that. There was a lot of things going on. And I believe that's what activated um, the celiac gene that I had, that I didn't realize I had, but I got it from both my parents. So and about 15 years ago, I got, uh, I started getting hives all over my body and my face would swell up and I didn't know what was causing it. And, um, and, it, and, and doctors didn't either. And they put me on a bunch of different medications, but I'd have to go to the hospital because it would get so bad. I mean, I'd get hives the size of plates. And so uh, I, they just put me on a ton of medication. It got so bad that I'd quit my job. And I thought maybe I was dying and something horrible was happening and they weren't finding it. So I decided still with food, I'm gonna do a detox and get all whatever this toxin is out. And I'll, I'll, I'll I'm sure that's the thing. So I did this detox uh, of like vegetables and chicken, I think, and um, and it did get better. And then I, my husband brought home some pizza or something like that. And I thought, well, it's probably not that. I could probably have pizza. So I had the pizza and then three or four hours later, cause it didn't happen instantly. It would happen a few hours later. I got the hives again. And then I did the detox again. And then next time he brought some, I think he brought some bread home and I, oh, well, I could probably have that. And it happened again. And that's when I realized, then I did my own research and, and then got the testing to follow up that I have celiac disease, 
which is where you can't have gluten. And so my body was really responding, but it didn't happen until after I was 40. I was fine eating gluten before that, but trauma and different things like that can, can, if you know what epigenetics is, you can have the gene for something and it can lie dormant and then uh, something can trigger it. And once it's open, it's open. So after that, that, that affected my food because I had, I felt so sorry for myself that I couldn't eat gluten that I ate a bunch of things that were gluten-free because you can still really eat crappy and be gluten-free. And over the years, I've uh, had issues, not just with gluten, my body kind of just really changed when I was 40. And I had to, um, I can't, now I can't have, my body reacts to dairy, gluten, corn, eggs, coconut, I think there's something else, but I can't remember. And um, so for a long time, that made me feel like, well, the things that I can eat, poor me, poor me, poor me, uh, something that I can eat that's gluten-free, corn-free, dairy-free, you know, all those things. You can still find it. And, our, and if I couldn't find it, I would bake it and, and figure it out. So I was still eating a lot. Um, and... Um, and so, uh, but let's get to the more recent. Um, I, um, in 2019, I was going to uh, Ireland for like a second honeymoon because my husband and I got married after we had two kids, both our kids were at our wedding. And um, so we couldn't really, we had little kids, so we couldn't take a honeymoon. So we finally had enough money to go to, we're going to go to Ireland, the Wild Atlantic Way. And that was in 2019. So I wanted to lose weight because I've spent my whole life trying to lose weight for every function, for every birthday, for every family visit. And my mom is still doing that. She's almost 80. And uh, I and I did watch her diet throughout my whole life. Uh, she lives with us and our kids, you know, want to offer her something and ask like, is grandma eating carbs this week? Because we don't know because she goes to different diets all the time. Um, so I, uh, I, um, so I did this thing called healthy wage and it's where you, uh, and I don't recommend it, but I want to tell you about it. Cause it, this is so crazy. I thought I'll lose weight. If I, there's this program, you bet money that you're going to lose weight and it's an online thing. And if you don't lose the weight, obviously they keep the money. If you do lose the weight, they give you money. So I thought this is a brilliant plan to go to Ireland. Uh, I'll lose 30 pounds and, uh, and I'll do it through this program. And I'll be so motivated because I'm paying them $1,200. They're going to give me $2,000 so that, and then I can use that money in Ireland. It's a perfect plan, right? Guess what happened? It's a good business idea because they make a ton of money. Uh, I, uh, so I, I, my body, because I've gone up and down and up and down, I, I can do like be practically starving and exercising and I will still only lose two or three pounds a month. And um, even though I tried really hard, I could not, I didn't make it. So I lost 2000, well, $1,200, but I would have had $2,000. I did lose 25 pounds. Like I almost made it. And, uh, but it was just white knuckling. I wasn't an OA at that point. And I went to Ireland 
That was in the fall of 2019. And then uh, the pandemic happened. So I spent the pandemic, as I do, eating and watching TV. And I was working from home. So no one could see, you know, what was happening. And I was wearing sweats every day. So I didn't have to worry that I wasn't fitting into my clothes. Uh, so I gained all that weight back plus more. And I got to my highest weight ever. Oh, and here, I'll give you guys the pictures now. Let's see. Um, okay. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this on the left is me. I didn't have any pictures of how big I was because I wasn't taking pictures, but I did go visit my uh, best friend and her husband took a picture, which I wouldn't have seen. I didn't even know they were taking it, but I'm glad she did now because look, and I wanted her in there so you can see the contrast <laughs> and she's tiny. And uh, I got, uh, I can't even believe I was wearing a sleeveless shirt, but anyway, that is, uh, that's October of 2020. And then the picture below that of my face, that is in January of 2021, two weeks before I got abstinent. And that is my face, obviously. Uh, and um, I was, I took that still from a video I was sending to my nephew who's five, who I hadn't seen in a while and I didn't want him to forget me. Otherwise I wouldn't been um, taking a picture of my face at that point. Um, but I look miserable. I, you can see my roots. <laughs> I had just given up completely at that point. I was, I was desperate. I felt I was bigger than I'd ever been. I felt like there was no hope and there was all the things happening, you know, with the pandemic and everything. So that was depressing. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I do have a problem with depression. I was suicidal when I was 19 and luckily I didn't do it. Um, and I do take medication and it's uh, really saved, literally saved my life. Um, and I've been to therapy and I'm a social worker who does therapy also as well. But I find that if I don't manage my depression, it really affects my recovery. Um, and then this is me. Uh, I took this picture yesterday or my son took it yesterday for me. Um, and um, but still, even though I'm thinner now, I still focus on my middle because I would like that to be smaller and I have an apple shape and see how these skinny legs but I gain it all in the middle and um so uh there are my pictures um so um anyway so I end up looking bigger than what my weight is because it's all concentrated around my middle um I had a friend once say I looked my figure was like a potato on toothpicks. <laughs> and uh, I think that is true. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I came to OA in 2022 in early February. I literally was desperate. And it was the first time in OA that I really uh, I had been in and out of OA. I had tried it six years before here and I'd had a sponsor and I did the steps and I did lose some weight, but I didn't really get it until uh, 2021. And now I have uh, about 15 months, no, 
16 months abstinent. I was counting every day at the beginning, but now it's it's more normal. Um, I um, so it was the big book that really made the difference this time. I uh, and desperation. I and the Zoom meetings. I went to the Zoom meetings. I, I I live in a small town where there was one meeting a week, and it was like the same people, and there wasn't a lot of recovery, a lot of complaining about work and things like that. So when I got on the Zoom meetings, it was a revelation. And uh, like I said, I came in and uh, the biggest impact, the biggest meeting had the biggest impact now that Rita's here is Rita's meeting. I came on and Rita was so funny, but compassionate at the same time and um, clearly had recovery and I was sold. And I uh, have been to her this meeting every week since February, 2021, except for two or three times when I was traveling, like I said. And, uh, and, then, and then I signed up and do service. Um, but what changed this time is it did the big book. I had never cracked open the big book. I owned it for years, but I opened it up and I actually read it and it just, boom, I got it in a way that I'd never gotten it before that um, I can't have sugar. I can't, there's a, a, a you know, the, the alcoholic foods, things that I can't eat that if I eat one is never enough and a thousand is no wait, one is too much. A thousand is never enough. Yeah. And um, so, but reading the big book um, has changed my life. Getting a sponsor. I was willing to do, I really was willing to do anything. The sponsor said I did meetings every, um, every day, 90 and 90, but then I kept doing that meetings every day. And that made a huge difference. And I want to tell you guys, it, it, the newcomers, the beginning, it might look like there's just a bunch of strangers here, but you keep going to the same meetings. You will meet people. You will get to know them. You will see their friendly faces over and over again. And it might feel like a bunch of, um, it's a lot of information at first. It's very, it, it's very overwhelming, but you keep coming and you'll start to integrate it and you'll start to understand it. And you'll start to live it, um, but you got to keep coming. Um, so um, let's see. So what made the difference is service, doing the steps with a sponsor. I've tried to do them without. It doesn't work. Um, and speaking at meetings, uh, which is scary. I, and I can't believe that I'm speaking at this meeting because, like I said, I showed that picture uh, that's how I, that's where I was. And I would never, ever have believed that I would be speaking at this meeting and, and that it had worked for me. So, uh, it doesn't matter what your brain tells you. You don't have to believe everything you think. Just do the actions, do the actions that you're told, do what other people tell you to do, unless it feels like, I mean, OA people, OA fellows can also, if the sponsor doesn't feel right for you and, you know, listen to your intuition and get a different sponsor. Um, but go to meetings, read the big book, um, get a food plan. I, I tried to do this like dieting. I can't eat sugar. I can't eat sugar. I can't even eat a little sugar. I won't even eat a processed thing that has sugar fifth and below. I just don't want to awaken the beast. I don't want to awaken the monster. And so um, my, uh, my kids know that now. They also know that when they were younger, I used to eat like their Halloween candy. And um, I had my 
boys at one point, just a few years ago, there were some ice cream bars in the fridge where it'd be like a, a, a four pack that, that that's, you know, which is like one serving if, if that. Um, and I ate all of them and I thought I would have enough time to get to the store to replace them before they noticed, but I didn't. And they were in the kitchen and they started blaming the other one for eating all of them. And I sat there and I listened and I didn't say anything. And I hoped that they would just quit arguing and that it would, it would be okay. And then they wouldn't know, but eventually they were starting to really get mad at each other. And I finally had to say from the other room, I ate them and confess, but I was going to let them they're, they're arguing and let them think the other one ate it. Cause I didn't want them to know that I ate all. Um, but that's what I used to do is hide food in my dresser drawer, hide food, uh, you know, eat, do the, the classic mom thing, buy Halloween candy, then eat it all, then have to buy it again, then eat it all, then have to buy it again. And then finally go buy it like right before, you know, the trick-or-treaters are coming. So I wouldn't eat it all. Um, but even with all my, um, food issues, I was able to eat a lot. Now I eat uh, three meals a day and I have um, no sugar and all the other things I can't eat, no corn. And by the way, food intolerances can affect your mood. When I eat corn and it took me years to find this out, figure this out, um, I can get really, I get really depressed and fatigued. And I'm talking like corn starch, corn Five syrup. Minutes left. Okay. Thank you. And it took me um, a really long time to figure that out. So uh, food was, can literally kill me if I eat the wrong things. Um, but now I, through the grace of God and this program and my spiritual relationship with my higher power, and um, I've been given abstinence and I can make, I make cookies, I make cakes. I made my husband a pie for Father's Day and I'm fine. And one of my friends said, how can you do that? How can you ha handle the smell? And it's like, um, I still like go, oh, I used to eat that and, and like think of some, some foods longingly, but it's like I, like I took a trip and um, I went to this beautiful place at times, it was beautiful. I mean, the, the, the positive memories of the food, oh, I used to eat this and that it was great, but I don't go to that place anymore. That place is someplace that maybe sometimes I can sit there and go, yeah, that was good when I used to be able to eat these things. That was fun. But then I remember that it wasn't fun. It was horrendous. And maybe there was a brief minute that was, um, that I felt like, you know, a little nirvana, but the rest of it was, was horrible. And I have to go to meetings. I have to read the bib book. I read the bib book every night. Now I'm reading the stories. I read one story every night. I have to go to meetings and remember because your brain will forget. It's like an old boyfriend, you know, that you break up with and you, you, you forget all the bad times and you only think about the good times and then you get back together and then it may be great at first, but then you start to remember all the horrible reasons why you broke up. And so you got to write down all the horrible ways you're feeling so that you can read it and remember it. Um, uh, because it's a sneaky disease and it'll get back in there. And my recovery is the most important thing in the world to me now. And I, I do service so I can't slink away and just, uh, I have to show up to these meetings because there's still that part of that disease that wants to slink away and, and go back. But I have to be vigilant 
and because uh, it's well worth it. It's it. I don't miss the food. I'm way happier now without the food. The food was not making me happy. It was making me miserable. So um, thank you everyone for hearing my uh, talk and um, I guess that's it. Thank you. Oh, Tina, thank you so much. That was phenomenal.